0: hey what's up everybody today we're thrilled to have a conversation with mark rogers a long timer around here at cedar valley i'm so looking forward to this conversation and taking a closer look into his life learning how he's overcoming significant heartache that's been part of his life as long as he can remember Welcome to the podcast. My name is Amos J. Olivatis, and I too am a proud Cedar Valleyan. I serve as an executive pastor here, and I am your host. This is episode number 12 of our Lean Into the Messy Conversational Podcast. Whether Cedar Valley is your home church or not, maybe you don't even go to church, maybe somebody turned you on to the podcast, I'm so glad you're listening. I really, really am. You can expect this podcast to be honest to be fun because we all can use a laugh and provide godly perspective on the messy of life. Everybody's got a little messy in our life and nobody wants to talk about it. Around here, we think it's good to talk about it. There's a healing that comes from just talking about your messy, laughing about it, crying through it. Sadly, some people bring messy into our lives by the decisions they make to hurt or harm us in all kinds of ways. And sometimes messy, well, it just comes our way totally uninvited. And if we're really being honest, uh, we create sometimes our own messy. So, are you ready? Let's lean into the messy. Welcome, Mark Rogers, everybody.
1: Hey, thank you for having me, Pastor Amos. I am so thrilled to be on the podcast. I love listening to the podcast fills in some time on my way to work. I can listen through it uh, throughout
0: the day. I'm so honored to be with you. That's awesome, man. We've had some great guests, some, some of them being some of your own friends That's on right. the podcast. And so I'm sure that those who know you are thrilled to know it's you. And those who don't know you, by the time this podcast is over, I think they're going to like you because you're a, you're a really funny guy. A lot of people know you for being really witty and uh, full of humor, but you're also... Man, I think you're a really godly man, and, uh, and I, I know you have a lot of friends who highly respect you. Uh, so for those who don't know you, why don't we start with, give us an introduction to Mark Rogers, his family, uh, his extended family. Give us a little bit of that history.
1: Oh, sure. Yeah, thanks. So I'm uh, born and raised in Richfield, lived there all my life. Uh, I'm married to my high school sweetheart. Who happened to be Miss Richfield, so I married okay. up into royalty. Yeah, and we have two adult children. Uh, Nicole is just about 26, so she'll be off my insurance pretty quick. <laughs> That's always a good thing. And then we've got a, a son named Sam. He's 23. Uh, both of those, both of our kids work for Minnesota and Adult Teen Challenge, so they are in different roles uh, in that ministry, and we're just so proud of them. Uh, We've been married for 34 years, so it's uh, been quite a journey together and, uh, you know, looking forward to the next 34 years together. Tell me
0: one thing of all the things, one thing that you would say has been the absolute highlight of fatherhood. Going,
1: um, when we were in Puerto Rico, I went with my daughter on the zip line at Toro. I can't remember the name of it. It's Toro something. The longest, highest zip line and you fly like Superman. And you're, at one point, you're like 1,200 feet above the valley floor. You're going about 90 miles an hour. Total And rush. just, uh, it was the coolest thing. It was so much fun. That whole vacation was just a blast going down to Puerto Rico. Okay, and then give me the one highlight of being a husband. Oh, my goodness. Just uh, being with my wife for 34 years. Uh, one thing we just did this last um, Saturday was picked up, her ring needed some fixing, right? So yep. the diamond was getting loose after, you know, so many years of being worn on her hand. And we went and picked it up at the jeweler and just seeing that ring slide back onto her finger just brought me right back to to 1989, that May, hot day in May that uh, we were getting married and how young we were back then and how young she still is right now was just really, I can only really imagine cool. the
0: size of carrot that you have on that woman's ass. <laughs> so when you engaged, I'm sure it was a smaller size carrot. Yeah, yeah. Dude, tell us, how big is that carrot right well, now? Well,
1: her left arm is, like, longer than her right arm now because it's so heavy on, okay. on that left arm, <laughs> on that left finger. Yeah, so. you'll,
0: you'll keep us wondering on the size I will. of
1: that carrot. yeah.
0: <laughs> you guys recently <laughs> took a family vacation.
1: We did, Give yeah. Give me
0: that vacation in one minute.
1: Yeah, so we took a, a cruise, and we started off in Miami. We cruised to a couple places in the Bahamas, and then uh, another island, uh Uh, Turks and Caicos. And Turks and Caicos is an amazing place. It's uh, where a lot of the slave trade came through and they have a lot of history. That's where John Glenn landed uh, in the Apollo uh, capsule after he orbited the earth. It's really, it was a blast.
0: That's fantastic. And time spent with family is always. It is, the best. especially when the kids
1: get when they get older, when they're adult. You just never know. And you can split they're, the vacation in
0: fourths, right? That's I mean, right, even slices. <laughs> yeah. <right? laughs> I wish. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, so the the other thing about Mark Rogers that you know maybe you don't know this, I didn't know this until I learned it, and that is Mark Rogers. You've been a proud Cedar Valleyan for many years as well. Yes. Yeah. How long have you been a part of Cedar Valley?
1: Since about 1997 is when you know, yeah, it was about 1997 is when we first started coming here. Um, we found the church in the yellow pages. Really, it's so one time that the yellow pages worked back then. Everybody just looks it up on the phone now. But I had been invited years before that to an Easter production. I had a friend that was always a Roman centurion during the Easter production, and he invited us. And I, you know, the place was really cool. So. Um, after I uh, got saved, um, we I'm like, where was that church in Bloomington that we went to? And we looked it up in the yellow pages. And from day one, I felt at home here. Uh, we went to an early service and were introduced to the pastor, Pastor Strandquist, Yep. And it just seemed like it was home. It was something that I had been searching for for so long, and and you know just being able to go to a a place of worship, go to church and listen and just soak it all in. I was just eager to learn. And the church
0: has drastically changed since your initial visit and since your initial years uh, attending this place. Yes. Tell me something that you really love about your church today, like currently happening right now. I love the small
1: group communities. Um, It's a way that we can do life together. You're not just coming in on a Sunday and going throughout your week and trying to deal with it throughout the week and then come in on Sunday and get recharged again with life groups and with the small groups that we do and Bible studies. It's every day you're in contact with the people in your life group about uh, we just got a prayer request yesterday, an urgent prayer request from someone in our life group that we could all come together yeah. and pray about that request. And it,
0: it, I mean, obviously, you're speaking my language. Yeah. I love the life group conversation. This is not a life group podcast, but it's a perfect time to say one of the greatest desires we have at Cedar Valley is for people to be in life groups. Yes. Because we all can absolutely benefit from godly community. And I know your life group is, uh, is a real tight-knit group yeah. of friends. And uh, and I'll also say, if you're listening and you're in a great life group, I would also ask you to consider potentially like breaking away from your friend group, because we have so many people in our church who need a life group um, and there's no leaders. So we know that our future GLs are currently participants in groups. And I don't want to be the bad guy to break up all these great groups, but we need group leaders. So sorry to ruin the podcast, but uh, yeah, for sure. Um, But life groups is a great thing, and it's how the large church becomes small.
1: And and another thing, if I might add, it's reaching our community. So we're not just about the inside these four walls. Absolutely. Um, We are reaching out to our neighbors with food in the hood. We're reaching out with lunch at the park. We're reaching out in so many different areas. And from the time that I started coming here in 1997 to today, There are so many new faces, so many new people that I've met. It's almost on a weekly basis. It's not just my age talking about this that I forget, but it's new people coming in and just asking them, you know, so how long have you attended Cedar Valley? Well, this is my first time coming here, or I've been coming here for a month. And just being able to talk to those people and saying, hey, are you plugged in anywhere? you know, what are you doing? Are you in a life group? Are you in
0: a, you go to a Bible study on a Wednesday night? You know, what are you doing? Yeah. Yeah, Cedar Valley is all about life. Absolutely. Yeah, it is. And I tell people this, you'll never experience true Cedar Valley until you're in a life group. That's right. Because we believe so strongly in living life with other people. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So something really crazy happened. I don't think it's even been a year, but you spent years and years and years working for the city of Bloomington and you kind of had a variety of jobs in there, management and, and overseeing other people. I did, yeah. But something really great happened less than a year ago. Yeah. Right? What was that?
1: Well, I decided to, uh, to heed the calling and become the facilities director here at Cedar Valley Church. So I've spent 25 years in public service. I worked for Hennepin County in road and bridge operations for uh, about nine years. And then moved over to the city of Bloomington in park uh, maintenance where, you know, I started on the crew mowing ball fields and cutting trees down. And then I became the site coordinator at Valley View Park. Uh, Many of you know it's where the water tower is here in town, on this side of town. And over there I was a site coordinator. It was 40 acres of ball fields. There's a municipal pool there. There's all kinds of activities going on there uh, a lot. So I spent a few years, about seven years, uh, at Valley View and then went over to Dred Scott, which is on the west side of town. That's another big ball field complex and ran that and then became a supervisor and I supervised a crew of, uh, was one of the two supervisors for a crew of 25 full-timers and about 45 seasonals uh, during a
0: summertime when all of the work needs to be done. And from those who are friends of mine in the city of Bloomington, you have such a great reputation within the city. The people who worked with you highly respected you. They loved your sense of humor. They were so sad to see you go, but at the same time, those who really knew you knew that this was something that has forever been deep in your heart. It, it has been, yeah. It's been. It's
1: you know, I wasn't really looking for work at the time. The, the opening came, and I just began to pray about it. And it's, God, where do you want me to be? Where do you want me to land for this next season of my life? And it was, a, it was an easy decision at that point. Although it was hard to leave some of the friendships and, and sure. that, it was an easy decision to come to a place that I have loved, the mission I've supported for so many years, yeah. and to be a part of what's going on, on a daily basis, and just to see that happen, it, it's uh, been a, been a great... Mill absolutely
0: loves hiring people who love Cedar Valley before they're paid to love Cedar Valley. And, and I'm one of those people. You're absolutely yeah. one of those, and you've done such a great job of managing the people and moving the the mission and vision of cedar valley forward from the facilities side of things you've got this place in tip-top shape all the time your crew is always so happy and seems like morale's high with those that you're uh working with it's always cool to see mark rogers at work every day oh thank you i yeah. really appreciate it's like that. having a pastor in facilities because you're just a godly man mm. you're at prayer meeting you're at staff meetings your chapel and you're leading and yeah, it's, it's awesome to have you on this team. Thank for you. Sure. Thank you. Um, so one of the things about Mark Rogers, if I can just be a little bit honest, is I know that you're a really funny guy. You you There's so many times where you literally get me to like laugh out loud. Uh, I love to laugh, but sometimes somebody will say something and it just throws me like, that was actually really funny. And it seems like sometimes you do that, whether it's being quirky in staff meetings or just being uh, quick to... To throw a joke in on a conversation that's happening, um, and I think that, you know, I think within myself I see a lot of, I like to laugh, so I like to joke around and do those things too. Yeah. Um, but I've learned in you that there's also, you know, I asked you, you know, what's the what's the ache of the heart that that is there that maybe some people aren't aware of, and then your answer caught me by surprise. I'm like, whoa! I would have never guessed that to be the thing tell would you know would you be willing to share that with those who are listening what's the ache in your heart that that as far back as you can remember has remained
1: it's that it's that sense of belonging where do I fit in where 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 am I in in all of this what do I matter um just to to go back in my life I grew up in a large family uh Mom and dad had six kids already. And then surprise, in 1963, uh, we're going to have twins. So myself, my twin sister were born. And, you know, we kind of knew where we fit in in the family, right? But it's a large family. There's a lot, you know, mom and dad cannot give attention to everybody all the time.
0: So you're the twins. I am, yeah. So they have six kids and then they have twins and you're part of yeah, yeah.
1: So myself and my twin sister...
0: Does your sister look like you by chance? Uh, Luckily,
1: no, she does not. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) She does not. Okay, so so now there's eight. There's eight of us. So, you know, it's funny because we just had a family reunion, had most of my brothers and sisters back in town a few weeks ago, and we were just reminiscing about where we all sat at the the table. The table was in our living room because the house wasn't that big, you know, it's a 40s style house in Rambler I'm guessing it's a story and a half so all five of us boys slept upstairs with no air conditioning so days like today and this week um, it it got pretty sticky we'd get to hear mom and dad's air conditioner uh, in their room and then my three sisters shared shared another room so we were all just reminiscing about where we sat at the table and the reason why we had to sit in the spot at the table you know I sat right next to mom uh, so maybe she could if she needed to correct me for whatever reason, yeah. uh, it wasn't a very long reach to get to me to grab my ear or whatever she needed to do. Uh, but it was a lot of fun just talking about that. So yeah. that just throughout my life just kind of felt where, you know, with having, being a twin, it's, it's very unique because you're not in some ways you're your own person, but some ways you're not, you're always attached to that twin. Mm. And I love my sister but we're two separate people, right? So I spent a lot of my life, a lot of my youth, um, doing things that were not healthy, uh, were not uh, productive, trying to be myself. And what I was doing was just following other people's bad lead and becoming attached kinda to them, right? Um, that continued on throughout my young adulthood and into marriage with, which led to some issues and, you know, all, all marriages have issues, right? But, you know, that wanting to be long and wanting to be my own person, um, you know, led to some issues in marriage. And, um, you know, I, I told you this on the way, the way over here that, you know, I could be in a, f- a completely packed room and feel like I'm all alone. Feel like when in a, in social situations uh, that I'm the pariah in that situation. That you know that that's why some of the the humor stuff is kind of that defense net mechanism. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's funny. Sometimes it's just you know trying to trying to uh, guard myself yeah. against that and be you know being the fun guy at the party or whatever was a way that I dealt with that. If
0: I can insert, like, yeah, I think people know that about people. I think we, you know, I, I, I have wondered if sometimes people hide behind their humor. Um, I've learned that like short, short men tend to be overly aggressive. Like you hear of all these different things that go with life. Um, But you don't, no one really admits it. Like no one will sit here and admit like you just did like, yeah, so that's why sometimes I'm funny. It's my way of guarding myself. Or I have certainly felt like alone in a large crowd, but you don't hear people talk about it. You know, I love being alone when I choose to be alone. Yeah. I hate being alone when I don't have a choice. Um, but you just said something that I'm like, whoa, that's deep. You can be in a room full of people and feel all alone. Yeah. Like, what does that feel like? Have you, like, tell me, I bet you there's a listener, at least one, who would be like, oh, man, now he's talking my language. What does that feel like? Like, what's the emotion attached to that? What's happening in your head while the room is playing out? What's happening in your head as that's going on? What's playing on in my my head is that
1: would it even matter if I was here? Would it even matter if, I was—if I was alive—if I was even on this planet, would it matter if people noticed me or didn't notice me? Um, It's just this this struggle that goes on in my head at those times, and it just makes me remember of who I am in Christ, Mm. and makes me go back to the verses that I've learned about who I am in Christ, and that. You know, he's not going to let me be alone. He's never going to leave me. He's never going to forsake me. Even if I feel that people, you know, aren't paying attention to me or whatever it is, if I'm feeling lonely, nobody, yeah, nobody understands what I'm, what I've gone through. Nobody understands what I'm going through, you know, not that anything's going on. It's just, that's the feelings
0: that come around me. Uh, when I'm feeling that way how many times can you recall obviously not an exact number but the question I have is how many times can you recall ruining a moment because you were too caught up in your head with all those questions like now the night's past you just had two hours to spend with your wife and all your friends and it's over with and now you're getting on yourself because you're like well I ruined that whole thing being in my head about something that wasn't even true and I could have just enjoyed the moment. How many times did that feeling, or does that feeling? I think it's play? too many
1: to count. To be honest with you, I can remember one time there was a. This was years ago. There was a men's event here, um, in the north parking lot in the north side of the building. This was after the addition was put on. I think it was a football night or something, and they were doing something outside. I pulled into the parking lot and sat in my truck away from all the other vehicles, watched what was going on. I'd signed up for the event, paid for the registration, and turned around and went home. Because I, it, that feeling, it just overwhelmed me at the time. You know, that was... And that, you're looking
0: uh, at all the men having a good time yeah. knowing, I want to be one of those so bad.
1: No, yeah, exactly.
0: But so didn't what kept know you from
1: getting out of the truck? I, just my own self-talk and my own self-thought you're not nobody's going to want to talk to you. It's not going to matter if you're there. And I and I and I fell for that. I I bought into that that day. And I I got got my truck and went back. I never even got out of my truck. How many times do right, you right think that scenario has played out in your life? Uh a lot. Yeah, a lot. Where I've missed out on so many things because of that feeling uh, overwhelming
0: me. I think there's a lot of people who are listening to the podcast today that would maybe not exact same scenario, but for sure, if we're being honest, I think we often lose out at what's taking place right now, the opportunities in front of us, the relationships that we have, the godly community that God's provided, whatever it is, the... the the time slot for family night, the opportunity to do something that you've always wanted to do. Like we have these great opportunities in front of us, whatever they are, but because of what's happening in the private space of our life, mostly in our mind, we, we end up having that like regrettable decision of like, I'm just going to not, not, go with it because of how I feel or what's happening in me. And that's a really deep thing. Cause I think a lot of people really struggle with that. Yeah. Right. And, and I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast that you're overcoming that. Yeah, that's not, right. It's not, I've overcome it. It's an ongoing battle it is. for it's, you. It's
1: every day. It's every situation. And so
0: how, do, so if, if there is somebody listening that has this battle, maybe not the same, but a battle, what are some of the overcoming things that you have found to be very helpful in your life? Well, one thing is just stepping out and doing it. Um, the
1: self-talk and the self—you know—you're you're rehearsing this in your head before the event and how you think it's going to go. And when you just step out and do it, you, you find that your rehearsal has nothing. There's no reality in that at all. The event doesn't go the way that you thought it went. It, it's a great time, and you you know. You know, you have the fellowship, you have the fun, you ha- you just have a blast and and think about, wow, what would have happened if I would have bought into it this time? I would have missed out on this whole opportunity. Yeah. You know, that's one of the biggest things is just, you just got to step out and do it. Which is obviously not easy.
0: No, it's not. Craig, Craig O'Shell has a book out. It's called Winning the War in Your Mind. Yeah. And uh, he also has another one, I think, winning the or battlefield or something like that. But this book, particularly, I'm in the middle of reading that right Are now. Are you? So yeah, so, and that so is... is this is the book that talks about like having like re almost like rewiring your mind, That's right. and your brain. Like it's actually possible. Yeah, and like you know, talking about trenching and I think if you're battling this, this was going to be the book that I would suggest people. Take a look. Yeah, it's a great book. I'm just a little bit into
1: it, and I can't wait to finish it. I've got the workbook that goes
0: along with it, so I can... That's cool. Yeah. And it's amazing to me, like, we're God's creation, right? And God designed us. God put our bodies together. The more you learn about the anatomy of the body, like, your brain, with all that you've been through in your life, your brain still can be um rewired like you can still do things to to actually overcome the struggles that you face yeah. in your life that i can do things in my life um uh, like my like god can heal my brain yes for some of the because i'm wrestling through some things as well and i might not be sitting in my truck at a men's event hesitating to get out but man i'll tell you there's moments when i'm even on the platform sharing. And I'm speaking out of my mouth, and I'm fighting a battle in my mind at the same time, and and then I'm like, man, just, I wish I could. It's just. almost like an out of body experience. That Absolutely, you're, that you're feeling, and then at you that hate time. that you actually gave into that instead That's of like right. I should have just lived in the moment. Yeah. You know, you know, how many family vacations did you spend away thinking those thoughts, and then the vacation's over, and you're like, why didn't I just? oh, why didn't I just go spend more time? I, mm. I had that time. That's I had right. that opportunity. Yeah. And, you know, we work with people every day, Mark. I mean, we work at a church. And um, so we hear a lot of people's problems all the time, yeah. including our own. And this is one of the problems that I think rises to the top. If we were to say, what problem of all problems are people facing today? I think we'd both agree it's for sure the battle of the mind. It is. Right. I mean, doesn't that that one seems to be the one that kind of leads the way with people's lives and whether it be the result of trauma. um, There's so many reasons that lead people to have these types of um, battles, but it for sure rises to the top. And it's good to know that God can is totally able to help us. overcome those struggles. He is right? So that we can, so that we can experience community with other people and live beyond the insecurity. And, and so, you know, there's life after this, right? There is. So, so tell me what, you know, you look two, three years out in your life. Tell me what you see Mark has overcome. What does that look like? What does that feel like? What, what moments are you going to seize the day. What does that look like for you? What What's the victory that's out ahead of you? In your I life?
1: think it's just taking more opportunities to engage with other people instead of pulling back and being in community. So I'm in, in life group and, you know, you get to know the people in that life group. And um, maybe it's like you said, maybe it's leading a life group. Maybe it's stepping out into that and not feeling... Um, like I couldn't do anything like that, uh, or whatever God has for me at that time. It's 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 taken those times with family that you know sometimes I would hesitate because well it doesn't matter if I'm here or not you know they're they're gonna have fun without me or yeah. whatever and just seize that moment and stop missing out on all the opportunities that God has for me. With my family, with my friends, with the community
0: at large as well. Yeah. So, so, so true. And I think it's so critical that we point out that this is not the story of your life. Like, it's, this is not the story of your life. This is a battle. It is. It's a challenge, but it ain't the story of your life. If there's a banner that's held over your life when they lay you to rest, it sure isn't going to say the man that battled with feeling like you didn't belong. Like that's not the story of your life. It's part of your life. Yeah. And I think that's critical for people. Maybe you're driving or you're listening on your phone and the struggle that you're facing is right in front of you. And sometimes when it's so close to, you know, when it's right in front of your face, you tend to not see all the other things. And, and maybe the good reminder for you today is that this is not whatever it is, literally whatever it is that you're struggling with today, the challenge that is right in front of you, that, that is not the story of your life. You're, for you, Mark, you know, like, man, your family, you're a husband, you got a great marriage. Maybe you've had your issues. We've all had our issues. But to, to, to be married that long, to have your children done, vac- you know, vacation, great career, great reputation. Like, that's the story of your life. That's right. That's the story yeah. of your life. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, that's what we hold on to. And maybe we have a hard time sometimes finding that thing to hold on to. Right. So maybe you're a mom out there, maybe you're a dad out there. Maybe marriage isn't working out for you or it didn't work out. You're divorced, or maybe you're fighting cancer or or helping your father, you know your, your brother's kids because your brother passed away or whatever your situation is, that's not the story of your life. that's right. We've got to find the thing to hold on to. Yeah, like the goodness of God. Where is the goodness of God in your life? Where, his, where is his mercy? so true in your life? What is it that you can hold on to that you say, no, that, that is the story Mm -hmm. of my life. Yeah. Let that be the thing that people remember most in me, right? Oh, that's a great word. That's a great word. We give Satan so much credit. We give him way too much credit for the things happening in our lives. And God's goodness is there, man. God's goodness is there in your life for sure. Um. God's goodness is there for you know you that's listening right now God's goodness is there for you too, and we all need people right, so you're we listening today we can't and you do it alone like man I need to talk to that guy, mark. I need to talk to Mark, you know what email him what's your email address mark mark r
1: at cvchurch.org. dot r g
0: email Shoot me him. An email yep email him come there's so much healing that comes from talking about the messy of your life that's right, so much right. Yeah. Um, and we have a great ministry here. We have people who would love to sit and chat and hear you out and pray for you and, and help you along the way. So all right, we got to close up here, Mark. Um, I, I'd like to ask you to do something that I haven't asked no guest to do, um, and that is I want you to pray a prayer over every listener who is battling something that this battle seems to be larger yeah. than, than life. It's, it's a challenge that they don't see themselves overcoming. It's, sure. it's a vicious cycle. It's, it's too big. Yeah. Don't have the strength to endure, whatever, whatever that, but we know what challenges present. Would you pray a prayer uh, uh, over them? And then when you say amen, this, posca- this podcast is over. Are you okay with
1: that? I'm totally okay, okay with that. Okay, let's do it. Father, we thank you so much for the opportunities that we have to speak into each other's lives, to um, walk along and with others, walk alongside of them. Lord, I want to pray for every person that is listening to this podcast. I pray for everyone in this room that is, that is facing the, the mountain that seems that's it's never going to move. Lord, you said that you will move the mountains, that you can just speak it, Lord, and it will be. So I pray, Lord, that you would just minister to each and every person, whether uh, it's something they feel that they're trying to do it in their own might. Lord, I've found in my life that that my own best effort is going to fail every time. I need you. We need you, Lord. We need your Holy Spirit to fall on us. We need your Holy Spirit to fill us. So when we've reached the end, that's where you begin, Lord God. So I pray, Lord God, that you would just minister, that you would reach, that you would begin to speak to each person and their issues that they're facing, Lord God, and, and there's nothing too big for you, nothing at all. So, Lord, I thank you again for this opportunity. I thank you for each person that is listening to this podcast, Lord God. I pray your blessings over them and their families, and their households, Lord God. And I want to pray all of this in the mighty name
0: of Jesus Christ. Amen. Say goodbye to all of our listeners, and then say adios.
1: Hey, everybody, thanks so much for listening. Adios.